I forgot another thought that I had to, I need to share with you to try to convince you that uh, maybe I'm worth believing in. The Nazis uh, worshipped, the Nazi scientists were back in the day in World War II worshipped uh, the black sun. It, there's, they symbolized it with a swastika going with arms in the opposite direction to the popular one that we know about. Um, and it was 12 arms, not four, and it was in black. And there's a cathedral in um, Austria, I believe, in which they have this on the tiling of the floor, I think at the entrance to uh, uh, the church. Now, <clears throat> this black sun basically is what we call a black hole. It is a spark gap which does not arc. It Yet, it is in a state of ionization uh, immediately prior or in preparation to arcing. It's kind of like the ionization pathway that Wilhelm Reich played around with, linking up his rain-making gear with the cloud, grounding it very gradually, the electrostatic charge of the cloud, which was um, positive. All the molecules are positive, uh, repelling each other. The tension, the water tension of the air water molecules are attracting each other, and they create this tug-of-war in which they uh, spend, uh, randomly speaking, uh, on average, evenly spaced, creating a nice puffy cloud. Um, but he created a channel, an ionic channel, and slowly grounded out that ch the charges of, the individual charges of the water molecules to the point that um, they evaporated. They no longer clung to each other. They, um, um, let's see. If they grounded it, if he grounded it to negative, it would have, it would have, um, um, actually, it would have clumped together and rained. So I'm not quite sure all the mechanics, but. He was creating an ionic channel. That much is as far as my uh, intuition uh, guides me. So, an unlit spark gap that is being energized but not enough to get it to arc is a very powerful device. It does not give you over unity. But, and this is the magical part, if there is a coil nearby, as an example, that coil will produce a humongous amount of power, the amps and volts out of phase by 180 degrees, without having to move the coil through a magnetic field, bypassing Michael Faraday's famous law of induction, bypassing it altogether. It's truly a remarkable thing to witness under simulation. And I've done it many, on many occasions with modified neon bulbs. In MicroCap 12, I modified the internal characteristics, the macro, the circuit macro that governs the behavior of a neon bulb. When it arcs, when it's ionized, pre-arcing, I modified it to such a degree that it literally made coils into generators that were standing still, and yet they generated a humongous amount of power. Um, and I believe that the ionization between the two spheres, the gap, is what controls the whole device. Everything else is beautiful in its elegance, but it's that gap between the spheres 
that makes it possible for it to be over unity. For the rest of the, for the device itself to generate power and, and be classified as an over unity device. So I need to clarify this because spark gaps are a very strange anomaly. I did a whole provisional patent to the patent office back in 2019 disregarding what circuit I was promoting in the first place. I kept changing it so many, so many times. It didn't matter anymore to me. And I took out my ideal circuit, which was complicated, and put in something else which was ridiculous in hindsight. But because I wasn't focusing on that anymore. I was focusing on my presentation. A hundred pages of text and a hundred figures, one page per figure. A 200-page document which I put on my website at vinyasi.info forward slash Mohs Law, all one word, M-H-O-S-L-A-W. Um, and I sell it on Amazon. And part two, the text part, does sell. It sold a lot in the beginning, and now it just sells occasionally, I think. In any case, what I did was I took Euclid's position in which, okay, I'll start real simple, something that anybody can appreciate and then build up complexity as I go along. And I'll take Jim Murray's advice and analyze the power, the, the wattage of every, the numeric value, the, the absolute value, and the sign value, is it positive or negative, of every single component in my circuit that I'm undergoing analysis. And I will make a running tally, a sub, uh, first I'll make a sub-tally of all the positive watts and all the negative watts, two different columns. And I'll add them together and see what I get. Conservation of energy says I should get zero. But you know what? It only happened in the very beginning. After that, it stopped happening. It was either positive, it was consuming watts, or it was negative, it was generating. And it didn't matter to me the fact that, oh, it was slightly, you know, it was only a small amount of loss or gain, whatever. The fact that it never went to zero, once I breached the boundary of simplicity of a flashlight circuit without a switch, so it was just a resistor um, representing a light bulb and a DC voltage source representing a battery and ground. And that did comport with conservation of energy. It zeroed out all the positives, all the negatives. It was only one each. <clears throat> but when I got to this stage of, I went through various stages of uh, adding a, additional complexity. And when I got to the point in which I no longer had a voltage source, I no longer had a, a well, a DC source, I no longer had a sine wave source, voltage source, I had a pre-charged capacitor. And I had a neon bulb. And I had numerous resistances, some of which were less than one ohm. And this is significant that they were less than one ohm because it gave me over unity. But in other cases, I got a loss of power, but never zero. When I had those combination of forces in which the pre-charged capacitance, I don't remember what I put on there. It was either a couple of volts or a couple of microvolts. I can't remember which. As soon as the um, pre-charged capacitance, due to entropy, dissipated itself, supposedly it should go towards zero, never quite reaching it, but the reactive power started to build. And it was a separate behavioral pattern, separate from the dissipation of the entropy. Or, I can't remember exactly what happened, so I, I may be quoting the wrong circuit by memory. Or, 
it oscillated and gave me a power reading which it should not give, a, co a consistent power reading, which, which it should not do because it was a precharged capacitance. Anyway, I can't remember exactly. You have to look it up and see the data. It was all there. I put all the data out there, and it was very thorough. And the conclusions means it's inconclusive. Why, ex why conservation of energy does not apply all the time? Uh, and but I also did realize the correct uh, that Ohm's law was wrong and that uh, current is a fiction or uh, fictional uh, notational uh, mathematical shorthand for voltage divided by resistance. So I learned certain things and I gave, tried to give a cosmic perspective, you know, about black holes. What I have already mentioned the Nazis worshiping the black sun. Um, that was their worship because that was their power source, and I believe that's what's in the center of all hollow planets and the hollow sun, which is a planet with an ionized, fully arcing chromosphere. You know, what we would call an atmosphere and ocean is fully ionized to the point of arcing. Um, no longer pre-arcing ionization, but past the point of uh, pre-arcing. Um, but it's still a planet. And it's hollow, and it has a black sun in the middle. Because that makes the power on the outside, on the surface, possible. Without which there'd be none. This planet would be dead without the black sun in the middle. And it's not... A, it's a, <clears throat> You know, I, when I say black sun, I actually, in my various recordings, I give two manifestations of that phrase. One in which... It is generating power, but the amps and the volts are out of phase by 180 degrees, so you don't see anything, so it's black. But the other uh, interpretation of that phrase, from my perspective and understanding, is that it is a pre-arcing but ionizing um, spark gap function of some type or another. <clears throat> so there's some, maybe a gaseous cloud, let's say, but it's... Um, ionized in a state of ionization, but it is not enough energy there to arc. And if it should reach the point of arcing and lighting up and become a lit sun, a lit neon bulb, shall we say, for example, then the whole thing spirals out of control and blows up. Because that's what I've seen under simulation. <laughs> you don't want the black sun to become lit. But it can make possible that inductances can start to, in, in its immediate surroundings, under its influence, or connected to it directly, or both, can start to generate power even though they're not ma uh, moving through a magnetic field. And if they are, they generate power irrespective of their movement through the magnetic field. So the movement through the magnetic field will be one behavioral pattern according to Michael DeFaraday's uh, law of induction, but this other behavior has not been classified or named by anyone or defined. Yet, there it is. It's there. And the Nazis worshipped it. At least the black sun portion. So, it's like the black sun gives... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it allows... It gives permission. It authorizes. It licenses. <laughs> the uh, nearby inductances to become generators without having to move through a magnetic field or, in addition, they're too not related to it with power gains that are excessive because the waveform is is basically spikes of amps 
opposed to voltage alternating every half cycle. It's that thing I've seen time and time again that is explosive or can be in its power gain. It's not like, you know, 20% over unity. Uh Uh-uh. No, we're talking gazillions times more. It's way out of the box in its capacity to give over unity. So I thought I'd mention that because it's not part of the circuit. It's implied, though, in the operation of the circuit. And because of what I learned from that nine months of writing and simulating to, in order to, have the, to try to figure out what to write for nine months for that provisional patent, I learned various things, and this was one of them, that um, this is a very powerful aspect of an over-unity circuit, which may or may not be there. You know, it's just, if it's there, though, you can utilize it, harness it. Um, And in the Iman case, it's there, between the two spheres. Um, And it's implied or inferred. And so I I thought it's important to tell you, because I know you're going to probably have trouble believing a word I say. Um, And this is important because it's not the circuit You know, you're probably finding fault with a circuit or with me or with both. But it's between the spheres, the atmosphere between the spheres, that the generation, the so-called cosmic generation of power that Cyril Amon alluded to by titling it a cosmic atmospheric cosmic generator, is what he's alluding to. Not the surrounding atmosphere, but the space between the spheres, right in there. That's where the magic is happening because it's a type of spark gap that refuses to light up if you keep the right spacing between the spheres. You don't get them, let them get too close and you don't let them get too far apart. This is in deference to the two plates, aluminum plates that may be coated with dielectric that are connected to the aluminum wire that, uh, that connects the two gates of the two transistors. Those two plates are spread as far apart as possible in a sense or maybe so, (laughs) Uh, as far as you can put them apart, or as far as they need to be apart, let's put it that way, in opposite directions away from each other. So these two spheres are very uncanny. You know, why are they there? Um, And it's an important question to ask and have answered, and I haven't covered that. So I'm sorry to say, so here it is. I've finally covered it.